This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Wednesday, it's the 8th of February 2023, and we're talking all about what Microsoft has done to Bing to make us actually maybe want to use it again. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your host, Stephen Scott. Hey, everybody. Hope you're well today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm not on my own some today. You might be pleased to hear that, actually. You might be saying, do you know what? I'm so glad because this guy, he just likes the sound of his own voice. You know, Sean's gone away. He's not well. He's not going to be back for a while. And Stephen is just going to talk to himself. Well, no, hopefully not to myself. I mean, hopefully you're listening. And that would be nice. Uh, I'm getting the impression you're there. So, you know, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. All those things that you say these days. Thank you for liking. Do people like this? I don't know. Anyway, uh, we do have a guest with us. His name is uh, Michael Babcock. You might know that name because he is a regular contributor on the Kelly and Ramia show, that other show on AMI Audio. <laughs> you know, them. Hi, Michael. Hi, Stephen. That other <laughs> show that does more than just tech. And you gotta you gotta tell people you. follow us on your favorite podcast platform. <laughs> is that all the advertising done, is it? Yep. I, you know, I, I cannot is it this whole nonsense with the like and the subscribes and the I I am just not into that. I'm really not. I remember the days, right? I remember the good old days when you would come on here and you go, Hey, we're on 103.4 FM. And if you couldn't get us on 103.4 FM, then you couldn't get us. That was it. Tough luck. Nowadays, we're on everything, including your toaster, your teeth fillings, everything it seems to be you can find your, your radio on. It's just unbelievable. I can't keep up. I don't there's like a little, it. There's a little screen on my coffee pot. I'm waiting for Double Tap to be on there as well. <laughs> it probably is. There's, there's probably a fridge somewhere playing this out. It's ridiculous. It really is. Uh, but listen, aside all that, um, this is me starting to show off sounding like I am absolutely, you know, hating tech. Obviously, I'm not because, you know, <laughs> that's what this show's about, allegedly. It's a tech show, honest. I have to say that legally. Um, but yeah, look, first off, before we get into the tech, because the big news today, of course, is Microsoft. They've brought out um, a new version of Bing. We'll get into that. And we're going to talk about what the implications are. You've been playing around with this a lot. We talked about it yesterday. Uh, with Robin Christofferson. He was on. He was talking very eloquently about the whole subject. He's a lord, you know. Did you know that? He's a lord. <laughs> I, I learned that on your show. He's a lord of all he surveys. which yes, uh, Lord Robin. Appeared to be not very much by the sounds of what he told me <laughs> yesterday. Uh, but yeah, we, we learned a lot about how he uses it and how you know his feelings are about it. I mean, a fantastic example yesterday, I think. A terrifying example, I think, actually, uh, where he talked about how his neighbour had to basically give up his web design business because people were figuring out they could use ChatGPT to build a website. That's, I mean, that's, that's scary. Scary stuff, right? And, and we, we want to talk about that because there are real-life implications to this technology. You know, we've yeah. heard a lot that AI will take over the jobs. I didn't think it'd be today. Right. It, it seems like this, and we, we'll probably get into it more, but it seems like... November, when ChatGPT was actually released, like things shifted. And if you're not seeing it and you're not in the tech world, I, I think it's going to take a little while for some people to realize that. Yeah. But things have changed and it's it's a whole new landscape out there now. Um, listen, let's, let's geek out about that in a minute. But first off, about you. Um, I mean, the show's normally about me, but, you know, okay, well, I'll bend. Um, you know, so let's talk about you. So you are a regular contributor with Kelly and Ramia. Mm -hmm. uh, is that your only claim to fame on AMI, or would you yep. run the place? I mean, I don't know. What, no, no, that's my only claim to fame with AMI. I here's the funny thing. I think I've talked to Mister F once in the right. last three years that I've been with AMI, and so uh, that's maybe enough. maybe Trust that's me, how you, you I only stick with one. You don't want to do any more than that, honestly. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, you don't want. To. He's not a tech guy, honestly. He's not going. He's not going. You can tell him all you want about tech. He's not interested. He'll, he'll just tell people to go listen to that Double Tap show. Yeah, so he'll go listen to that Double Tap show. They know about tech. We've fooled him for years. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're still here. That's how we continue to survive. He has no idea. Um, but no, so you're on, you're on Kelly. God bless you, Mr. F. Um, so tell us about that. So you're on that show. And for people who listen to this show, who may listen to this show and not hear other shows, and frankly, it's a, it's a damn disgrace if you're not checking out all the other wonderful content on AMI Audio and AMI TV and AMI Telly if you speak French. 
I think that Not covers me. me. <laughs> does, does that get us a new contract? Um, so tell me about what you do on the show and, and tell me about your involvement with AMI generally then. Yeah, so I got started on AMI. Do you did you know the late Tom Decker? Uh, the name does not ring a bell. I okay. feel bad. Should I feel bad? Yeah, I, 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 you know, Tom had these cool things. They were called feel and see books, and it was a tactile representation of what the iPhone looked like, and oh. so you could feel and orientate yourself to it. And he was a big advocate of explore by touch versus flicking, because if you can mentally paint a picture of where things were on the phone, you can be more efficient and double tap in the place that you need to in order to activate it. And Tom and I got connected in late 2018, I think it was, and he started telling me about this AMI thing, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Never heard of it because you know, living in Oregon, I I wasn't familiar with AMI at I all. You're in Oregon, right? What do you know about anything, right? I, exactly. You it's know, where the cows live. Yeah, it, it, the cows, and we have lots and lots of trees. Oh, uh, nice. So we, we, he told me to listen. I listened, and I started listening to Kelly. And it was called Kelly and Co. Then when yeah. they were just on audio, and I called in and I left him some feedback. And I said, "Hey, Kelly, Romeo, why do you guys never talk about Android? It's always iPhone, iPhone this, iPhone that, nothing to do about Android." And apparently, my feedback got back to Kelly, and uh, Kelly had talked to Tom, and Tom was like, yeah, you should really reach out to Michael. He knows what he's talking about. I don't know what type of lies he was telling Kelly, but it gave <laughs> Kelly enough incentive to call me one one day and say, hey, are you interested in coming in and talking on a monthly Android segment? And I said, sure. This was in July. We did my first test run in September. October, I switched back to the iPhone and started talking about the <laughs> iPhone all the time. Uh, that's the way in, right? Is that you're not yeah. going to try that here, are you? Because we, we're we, we're wise to that over here. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're you're good to go. But the thing is, is I told my wife, I said, Mallory, I'm I'm concerned, and she goes, Why? I said, Because. I'm here to talk about Android. Now I got an iPhone. What am I going to do? So with the help of Kelly and Ramya, we uh, transitioned it into more of a tech segment uh, just overall because I'm always reading about things. I've, I've uh, Top Tech Tidbits is the first email I read every Thursday. And so I, I get all my details and then uh, we started transitioning it to twice a month. And then Ramya reached out to me and said, hey, can you be a regular contributor every morning? And uh, by the way, can you be the first contributor segment of the show? Would you Would you be okay with that? And I'm like, well, never done this before. Sure, let's let's try it. And uh, <laughs> it's been like that since forever. And I was super excited to say I was the first contributor when we switched to video on January 9th. And uh, honestly, for me, video is not horrible. Uh, I just talk into a microphone and get guidance of, yeah, Michael, can you move your microphone out of the way a little bit? But for me, it's just talking um, and remembering that I need to look generally towards the camera. Yeah, I have this when I'm on with uh, Dave Brown in the morning. I'll, um, I'm usually on a Thursday morning with Dave promoting. I have no idea what I'm promoting. They asked me to come on. <laughs> I, I barely know what time it is. You know, I just come on, I turn up and I say things. And, and apparently people like it. And um, I've often been told, you know, the, the microphone, you have to move the microphone. And I say, oh, is it in front of my face? And they say, no, not yet. Um, keep moving it. <laughs> Break <laughs> it in front, but um, no, I, I have to say it, it's been really interesting, and and actually that is echoing, I guess, the same feelings I've had about this show because this show, of course, used to be weekly. Some say it still mm. should be, um, and I disagree with that. But I, <laughs> I think it's interesting that we have moved to these daily models. Like this show has moved to daily. Look, I, there's no lie here. I approached Mister F. You know, I, I you know he had a couple of drinks in him. I took the opportunity. I said, look, you know, I think the show should be daily. Uh, I think I caught him off guard. And um, in the end, you know, he relented. And he said, look, actually, let's try this out. And I think we all felt it was a bit of an experiment to try this out and see, could this be a daily thing? I mean, when I left RNIB in, when was it, November 2021, I, you know, dabbled in my own podcast, trying things out. And really, it was just a vent for me, really, because I'd come off daily air, you know, being on air every day, talking about things. And I just wanted somewhere to go to go blah. And right. a podcast seemed like the way to do it because, of course, the internet is just full of people going blah. So I thought I'll join in. And when I realized that there was such an appetite for technology every day, that was one thing. But then when we started doing the show, and then, of course, when I moved away from that and we started doing Double Tap Daily, what I realized was that there's so much tech to talk about. Yeah. 
it, it's have you noticed this? It seems like there's been an explosion in the amount of news around technology every single day. I mean, we, we sometimes we, we sometimes record the show in advance. We'll sometimes say, let's do the show the night before. For whatever reason, maybe I'm out the next day and I don't have time or, you know, a schedule conflict or whatever it is between Sean and I. Although, well, not with Sean, obviously, he's sitting in his shed most of the time. But for me, maybe I'm going somewhere, I'm doing something. So we'll record the show in advance. And then what happens is I get up the next morning and boom, Microsoft have announced something. Google have announced something. Amazon <laughs> have dropped a new product. Oh, that's brilliant, right? Okay, now I'm going to have to re-record the whole show. And we do. And we do it because we love what we do. But we also do it because that's what our audience expects. We want to be up to date. And these days, there's just so much to talk about. There is. And I have a dog in the background who wants to share his opinion about technology as well. And uh, he, he, he even tells me, you know, technology changes every day. Um, the, the fun <laughs> thing about this, this job, though. What's the dog's and- name? Uh, the dog's name is Dakota, but Dakota. he doesn't listen to his no- name at all. I mean, you know, <laughs> he's, he's got to tell me there's there's probably a FedEx guy dropping something new off and he's letting me know he's about, about it. He's about to have his head ripped off his body <laughs> or her body. I mean, you know. Well, to be fair, we did not plan this perfectly and I didn't think about it because the boys are just getting out of school too. So he's like, kids, come play with me. But, you know, that's that's part of being in audio and, and, listen, and doing stuff live. Don't worry about it because we'll re-record the show tomorrow anyway. That's how this show works. <laughs> We just re-record it every hour until eventually it gets on air. And you'll use technology to replace what I say with my voice, right? (laughs) Well, we'll get into that as well, yeah, because you've been dabbling in that world as well. But, I mean, you must have noticed this this huge change. Um, What is it? I mean, it's not, I have to say, it's not just mainstream either, is it? I mean, I've noticed it even in the accessibility space. Google having that event, if you remember the episode we did where we tried to cover the Google event live alongside the actual <laughs> event going on. That was an interesting experience. Um, but, you know, in amongst all that, we're, we're both, Sean and I are sitting there and we hear the voice of Molly Burke. And mm-hmm. we go, oh, h- hang on, what? Hello? Where's yeah. Mo- what? Oh, actually, what? if I'm honest, I heard the screen reader first. And I, it's, ah. it's, it's like that bat signal. You just go, oh, yeah. screen reader. And um, I, I thought, oh, it's a blind person in the room. And then suddenly Molly talks and we realised there's a whole segment on accessibility at this Google event, which is a mainstream event. So, I mean, you know, accessibility is so mainstream now. Game Awards recently, the big game conference award. It just, it's, it's, it's incredible, actually, how much is out there. I think the biggest thing that, that has been more clear, and I don't remember who the first person to say this was, but someone in the tech industry uh, had brought up the point that, you know, maybe mainstream needs to focus on accessibility a little more because accessibility could be something that anyone could use at any point. And if you don't know what's available, you're going to be completely lost. And as a tech professional, you should at least know what's available out there. It astounds me when you hear these stories of people going to Apple and Apple saying, well, your, your screen isn't working. I don't know what's going on. And it's because someone has screen curtain on And, and Apple employees. Yeah, they shouldn't know everything, but it astounds me with, with how much mainstream accessibility both is there and still isn't there. I love going into computer stores. I did it in Best Buy in Canada. I've done it in equivalent stores in in America and in the UK. I am a worldwide annoyance. I go in and I turn on all the screen readers, (laughs) uh, usually on the most annoying devices like, you know, the Samsung Watch. That's always a real irritant. Try and get get top back turned off on that when you know nothing. That is brilliant. Um, (laughs) And just walking away, just leaving that and just, you know, just standing around, you know, and just waiting for someone to just, this phone just thinks will not stop talking. Why won't it stop talking? It is brilliant. I recommend we all do it. You should take some Ambio headsets into one of those stores. That sounds like a podcast right there. Mr. Tastin. F, are you listening? That's the new show. That's the new show. Undercover with Double Tap. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> we'll, we'll work on that. We'll work on that one. Uh, it's a new day in search, says Microsoft's CEO Satya Nadella at the event that announced Microsoft's new version of its search engine, Bing. And this has been powered by an upgraded version of the same artificial intelligence technology that underpins this chatbot we've been talking about for months now, ChatGPT. The company is launching the product alongside new artificial intelligence-enhanced features for its Edge browser, promising that the tool will provide a new experience for browsing the web and finding information online. This is the story of the day. Uh, We're... It, we're recording this show. Uh, when is this? Tuesday night. Yep. We're recording this show um, late for me. Kind of, you know, 
dinner time for you, I guess, like uh, supper. What do you call it? Tea, supper, dinner? Yeah, we, we, we call it dinner, but you keep putting me in the Eastern time zone and I'm actually in Pacific. So it's like mid afternoon. Oh, uh, wow. It's like it's it's 320 here right now. But to be fair, I think in one of our emails, I said Eastern just because it's the easiest universal time zone. So. I have no idea where I am anymore in this world. <laughs> I am completely lost. But right now in front of me, it says it's 1124 p.m. So there yep. you go. Uh, so that's as we're recording this. Of course, there is another event going to be happening as you're listening to this show today. Uh, being Wednesday the 8th, there is another event going on, which is a Google event. And we're going to talk a little bit about that because while we won't be able to cover it in the same way today, we will talk about the reasons why that event has happened. That has been quite interesting. But right off the bat, the big news story, Microsoft making Edge smarter, making Bing smarter. Tell me your immediate thoughts, Michael, on this breaking news story. My immediate thoughts are it's about time because um, I've I've been using ChatGPT to get information, um, both information that's that's accurate and information that's not. And I think the the follow up thought is if they're using a tool like this, how accurate is the information going to be? And if search engines become something like chat GPT, how is going to be the best way to research the information that you actually get from the search engine that's using chat GPT or similar technologies to see how accurate that information is giving you is. Yeah. And that's a really good point because actually for, for a long time, and I say a long time, I'm talking a couple of months, really what we've known about chat GPT is that it's very good for a lot of, I'd say nerdy causes. You know, if you want to code something or you want to build a website, like we were talking about with Robin yesterday, that's all great, but that's not how most people will use this. And Microsoft yeah. showed off a couple of examples and we can't play you any audio because this was not an event that was actually happening in, uh, on, on live stream. So we couldn't bring you any audio from it. And in fairness, I think they were just going to be showing you <laughs> web searches. So, Maybe not the best in audio, uh, but they did show a couple of examples searches. So, for example, querying Bing for recipes, uh, travel tips, and shopping for furniture from IKEA. All right. So, in one demo, Bing was asked to create an itinerary for each day of a five-day trip to Mexico City, and the question was answered entirely by the chatbot, which uh, described a rough itinerary alongside links to sources for more information. Now, bang! That's the first thing: links mm -hmm. to sources, mm -hmm. because yep. previously. Using this OpenAI chatbot, the ChatGPT, you weren't getting sources. You were just getting an answer. It wasn't leading you off anywhere. It wasn't giving you any extra information. It was just saying, hey, go and visit that big cathedral-y place because that's nice to go to. Everyone goes there. Um, but it wasn't telling you any more than that or telling you or giving you links to sources. And that is something which I think is is key to the success of any, any of these chatbots is actual links to sources. And I don't know how much you've looked into how ChatGPT, and I go back to ChatGPT because it's the most widely known at this time version of this, but really ChatGPT isn't doing any searching. It's just saying, let's take this knowledge that I have of that specific topic and put in what we think is going to be the next word. And that's why it takes a little while to build out your responses because it's grabbing to say, oh, this word will fit here, this word will fit here. And it's not actually doing any sort of research. It says, this makes sense when you put these words together. Yeah, it's Johnny Five, right? It's got it's been eating encyclopedias for for lunch, and it's got all this knowledge, and it can give you an answer. But what yeah. we can do now, and this is the next step here, is that we can now bring that knowledge into all the other information that's out there already, and turn it into something that's. I, I guess ultimately, if you were to try to describe this, it is about making search more human. That's what it's about, isn't it? It's about giving you more human style responses mm -hmm. and re, you know giving you more understandable search results instead of saying you know like, like that example there five things to do in, in mexico city or wherever it is you know and it'll come up with 10 million pages of results instead of that it will give you very specific results now it's not doing and, and what i've seen just with the, the limited information that i've got here it doesn't seem to do what chat gpt did in that it just gives you that paragraph of information it does give you that standard search result page, but the results are much more curated. They seem to be much more, um, a, a much clearer sense of results, a bit more, you know, very specific and a lot less results as well because it's mm -hmm. gathering information together. Now, of course, you know what I'm going to ask you because this is going to be the first question everybody's going to ask in our community. How accessible is this going to be? Well, look, um, I'm going to put it out there. If Bing is accessible now, I can't imagine it's not going to be accessible going forward. 
And I can't imagine Microsoft aren't going to make it accessible, right? I mean, can I say that? I think I can. Right. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Um, I actually don't use Bing. Uh, I, I am a Googler. Uh, Demasi has tried to get me to Michael, switch over to Duck. Michael, nobody uses Bing. That's the point. I know. This is why they're doing this, because I know, nobody uses but- Bing. So, so maybe this is part of the change, but I went to Bing.com, you know, multitasking, and in, in the edit field, with the content that VoiceOver reads on the Mac, instead of it saying search, like is what Google says, and someone might stop there and be like, well, what, do I, what do I need to search for? What keywords do I need to search for? Mm. They've updated it, so now it says, quote, ask me anything. So now you can search in the form of a question, which will then get you the results because it's prompting you, ask me anything. That's interesting. So even the language of search is changing, right? It's yeah. Search was, where's the nearest Chinese restaurant that's open at midnight? Because, yep. you know, I'm feeling kind of hungry, <laughs> uh, which, you know, as the time ticks on, I'm kind of thinking that. Um, but instead of that, it's going to say, ask me anything. It's like, okay, tell me all the different Chinese restaurant options within, you know, the radius where I live. And mm-hmm. it will go off and it will give you that information and much better results. I mean, actually, that's a good example, because what would happen is you might get one result and you'll get maybe a phone number and a website address. Whereas now you might get, you know, a curation of all those results in a much easier... Maybe this is the accessibility part we're maybe overlooking, actually, now I think about this. Because it's bringing those results together, it'll actually make it easier to search for us as well. We're not having to go through reams and reams of information. We don't have to, you know, H our way through life to get to the result we're looking for. Heading, 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 hoping we get to the final one we're looking for. I don't know. Yeah, and, and I searched just a quick sample what's going on in the news. And if I use, which is a very dangerous search to do, but if you do heading navigation, you can get to different uh, publications with some, uh, if you view a right arrow, you, it gives you more information about the webpage. So it looks right now, and I has this even rolled out to everyone? Or no. it, That's what I thought. So, you know, maybe I should have given being a little more... Well, yeah. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Now we start to look at it as a as a tangible option, whereas I don't think most of us did for a long time. I mean, I certainly didn't. I just, I mean, I remember when I got my PC installed back in here because I, I couldn't. I know that's sacrilege to you, but I um I use my Mac for a lot of things, but I need my Mac my PC for my editing at least for now until I figure out how Reaper works. And you're going to be a big part of that um, <laughs> because you're going to teach me how to use it. But you know, and not on air. I should. <laughs> and in a new two hundred part series coming to AMI yes. Audio, yes. Stephen Scott and uh, Michael Babcock are going to beat each other to death over uh, Reaper, uh, trying to figure out how it works. Um, but yeah, no, that's not going to happen on air. But what I will say is that that you know when I eventually move to Reaper, that is that's where I'll probably end up back on the Mac. But in the meantime, I have the PC, and when I set it up, I remember going to the settings, and the first thing I, I searched on Bing was, <laughs> do I make Google Chrome or Google my default uh, you know, search engine? Search engine in Edge. Yep. I, yeah. I bet that's probably one of the most popular Bing searches. Yeah. But that may change. Uh, now, in addition to this, and this is the interesting thing as well, in addition to the new Bing, Microsoft is launching two new AI-enhanced features for the Edge browser itself, Chat and Compose. Now, this will be interesting. So these will be embedded within Edge's sidebar. And what chat will do will allow you to summarize the web page or document you're looking at uh-huh. ooh, and ooh. ask questions about its contents. Oh, so like a mini search, right? A little search within a, a website. While Compose will act as a writing assistant. So that will help you to generate text from emails to social media posts, say a Twitter, a, a tweet or a Facebook post or whatever it might be. Uh, and you can do it all based on just a few starting prompts. So that's two new areas as well. So, you know, separate from Bing, which has obviously the AI capability, the chat GPT, Edge itself gets smarter as well. That's pretty cool. That is kind of cool. And have you ever used Microsoft Editor in Chrome or Edge or one of your browsers? Only by accident. (laughs) <laughs> so i used it for, for because so i tried using that other tool grammarly and i did not oh, have yeah. a good experience with it so someone suggested just offhandedly like they assumed everyone knew that this was a thing hey you could try microsoft editor and it works very well with jaws and since i'm in customer service i gotta kind of look like i know what i'm talking about and, and write in a <laughs> professional manner and microsoft editor helped with that a lot 
but I think uh, having this this additional compose feature available in Edge, I might even download Edge to the Mac if it's available on there, just because that really has me intrigued. Yeah, I, I don't know yet. That's another interesting question. There's a lot of information that is not as quite widely available. If only there was a way I could search for that information, um, then I could tell you. But uh, yeah, once Bing is up and running properly, we can do that. We can I can do my job properly. But uh, <laughs> it, it, you know, if it does, and I imagine it will, this will roll out, and it is going to be a slow rollout. There seems to be mm-hmm. a bit of a, a wait list to join the new ChatGPT enabled Bing Edge <laughs> features. Will probably start rolling out soon. I'd imagine. But it is a very interesting time for sure. But what I want to talk about next, we'll take a short break, but I want to just, when we come back, focus on some of the other aspects of this because it's not all a walk in the garden. Uh, This will have impact on people and significant impact on jobs in particular. We'll talk about that next. This is Double Tap. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Hey guys, unapologetically geeking out today with Michael Babcock here on uh, Double Tap with me today. And uh, we're talking all about Microsoft, of course, and the big news that they've launched an updated version of Bing, or at least we'll be rolling out an updated version of Bing with all kinds of fancy new features Uh, And of course, the main one being the ability to search and get much more human-like responses, much more natural responses, and actually be able to search more naturally as well, I think, which is is going to be key. Uh, Now, this is interesting, uh, Michael, because of course, the the big topic here is is the technology, and that's the big story. But of course, there is a a bigger story in the wings, Mm. and that is the impact this is going to have on jobs. Uh, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella spoke exclusively not to us, uh, but to CBS this morning on Monday about some of the concerns that people are having around the capabilities of this uh, new technology. Let's listen into that. What do you say to people watching who are worried that what you're building might make the economy grow, but will disrupt their job and their life in ways they cannot predict? First of all, it's a great point. And I think even there, I feel like if you, what this does really is create the draft. But the draft has to be read by somebody, has to be edited by somebody, approved by somebody. And net, net, you think it will create more jobs than it will take. I believe it creates more, I'd call it, both satisfaction in current jobs and net new jobs. Wow, so so better jobs at more satisfaction in jobs, more money. Excellent. I'm all in. Do you believe any of that? I actually do. Uh, And the reason is, is because I'm using chat GPT in what may be a unique way than what other people do. I have, I don't want to say I have ADHD, but I have focus issues where if I sit down to write an email to Steven, or I sit down to record an audio to someone and want to send that to them, I will sit here and second guess myself all day long and say, Oh, maybe I should reword it. Oh, maybe I should do it this way. Maybe I should do that. And send will never get hit. What I have found myself doing though, is writing my ideas in drafts and saying, Hey, can you write a, a board report? Here are the things that I need to include in the board report. And then I send that into chat GPT. Then I read over the contents of the email and say, Hey, this looks good. Oh, I need to take that line out. I actually didn't mean it that way, but I could reword it or just take it out and then put it in the, in the email itself and then hit send. And for me, I find that to be a lot more reliable than using my own mind to say, hey, let's let's get this done and then go out and get it sent um, it, because I won't do it. But more importantly, I need to know how to properly address and ask for the information so things come out the way I expect them to. And I think that's going to create a whole new industry of jobs, teaching people what's the best way to interact with these chat GPT systems. That's a really good point. But I want to just back up a bit because that, point you made about sending the email that you've said to me a few times in emails and in conversations we've had that you use chat gpt to send an email to me right yep. so take an example give me give me an example of that give me an example of the email and, and and tell me what it is you put into chat gpt in order to create that email 
of course I knew you were going to put me on the spot here. So uh, one of the, well, just an overview thing is, you know, uh, an email that I sent earlier today had a list of different things that I learned about on a call. So, for example, I put, you know, uh, the elder blind organization or the elder blind department lost their funding. Uh, the organization or the federal, the state government wants uh, a quarterly review of all employees of this agency. And I put something else in there, something about how our next meeting is going to be April 26 or something. And I, I gave that type of detail and it wrote a professional email. And I said, uh, write this to Cassie. And it said, dear Cassie, I hope this message finds you well uh, the latest board th uh, meeting that I attended included this information and then it expanded a little bit. And then it said, uh, you know, have, have a great day, or I look forward to your responses and stuff like that. And then it said, best regards, Michael. Now, uh, what that will do is it, it makes sure that I keep myself personalized in the email. Sometimes I just say, here's the information mm. and hit send and forgot to tell people have a good day. But it also does have a negative effect because I set up a uh, agenda and a meeting that I was a chair of a committee for, and I sent it over to the members and I didn't even think about it. I read it and it looked good to me, but I sent it over to the members. And then yesterday I was on the meeting and one of the ladies on there, she goes, I thought it was because I told her, I said, I use chat GPT to write that email. She goes, I thought it was a little weird that you were introducing yourself to me. We work on everything together. So, I mean, it has pros and cons. Mm. I, everyone says AI is artificial intelligence and, and I, I don't know if I heard this somewhere, but I tell everyone I interpret AI as augmented intelligence because we already know what we want to do uh, in a lot of cases. Sometimes it's just putting all those pieces together to make something that actually sounds like what you want to present to people. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it, it, what you said there really resonates with me about the way that you start an email or you, you sit down to do something. I, I am with you on this. I think there's something, I, I, I'm with you, I don't think it's ADHD for me, I think it's, I don't know what it is, but I do, I sit down and I have the intention of writing an email. Funnily enough, before we started talking, I had an email sitting I had to do, and I thought I really must get to that email. And and I have, and people say to me, you're terrible with email, Stephen. And I say, I know, because I have to think about it. Yeah. I, and, yeah. and, you know, I can't just go back and say, yeah, whatever. I have to think beyond. And that's maybe the problem. I, I have to engage with a brain, which I don't have. So... You know, that's where the intelligence can come in from, the, from artificially <laughs> or augmented. I can have that. But, you know, that's that just really is interesting to me because I would probably use it in the same way. And I kind of love that, that. That is one thing I do. I do take a lot of notes and scribble notes on my computer, just tapping away, you know, especially watching. Imagine watching like an Apple event mm -hmm. and you just taking notes as you go, as I do often for the show, and then being able to create a post out of that. So... What so if if listeners read top tech tidbits and this goes out on uh if this episode goes out on Wednesday the eighth on Thursday the ninth if you scroll down to the podcast announcements the description that I wrote for today's po live podcast came from me writing down a quick two to four word summary of what each of the questions were on the live show and then I took those to Chat GPT and I said hey write me a uh, under nine hundred character summary of this specific call here are the things that uh were talked about and then i hit enter and it came up with that description and i didn't have to think about it but i was still giving it the data that it needed from the live call because well i mean right now it can't transcribe audio um right this second mm. without someone writing a program. I have also dropped in shorter form content transcripts for, you know, if you get your voice transcripts, because I'm using Whisper AI, and it will uh, give me a pretty good transcript, drop it into chat GPT and say, hey, create show notes. And I can also say something like, hey, create me a uh, Twitter, uh, uh, five Twitter posts promoting this, which is good. And wow. yes, sometimes I do still say thank you. And I'm not sure if I need to. I, you're giving me so many ideas. People are going to notice a significant change to the show notes of this program. Because if you go to my show notes, it's pretty much just, yeah, yeah, I spoke to this guy about the thing. And, you know, it was really interesting. And I think there's a link here. And that's all good. And I, I would love to do more with it. I just don't have, I'm not a writer. I am not yeah, a writer. That neither. is not me. Nope. nope I can me talk and day and night, but I cannot nope. write. 
<laughs> now, now, if you take your your talking and you turn that into transcripts with something like Whisper available on Alphonic, and there are ways to automate that using Hazel on the Mac and watch folders in Alphonic. So you just record the content in Reaper, render it, and then it gives you text back, or you can do that locally. But then you just take that in. Uh, the gotcha with, with the whole chat GPT and transcripts is it chokes on anything about 20 minutes or longer. So you do have to do it in little blocks if, the, if you have a longer form show. So it works great for short form. Yeah, that's 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 really interesting. I, I do not need a Bing in my life. I need a Babcock. That's what I need. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm not I'm not searching on Bing. I'm using Babcock to to get answers because he's got all the answers. This is brilliant. I'm learning so much here. Yeah, uh, but my answer is cost invoices. Just saying. Ah, well, in that case, then back to Bing. Um, but when it comes to, I mean, actually, funnily enough, you did you sent me in a demo of, of Hazel, didn't you? I don't think we've used it yet. We, we, yeah, we, yeah, I sent you a demo of Hazel. Um, I, I have some launch bar content, which Demasi brought up on Twitter, yeah. and I think you bought that too. I, I am liking being on the Mac because of some of these automated tools that we'll have to probably come back and talk about in the we, future. We, we absolutely will. And I think that, you know, the reason I haven't used them yet is probably because we've had so much going on. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to just section off time to, to actually, you know, focus on them. But it's actually those tools, and I, I do see a little tools like Hazel, um, mm-hmm. fantastic application that in some ways is so simple, right? Just moving folders around yeah. your system. But that can be really powerful. And I think it's it's about connecting those things up. And I think this is where a lot of people, I mean, a lot of guys who are, you know, who are geeky have been doing this for a long time. You know, they've figured out ways to, you know, automate a, a process of, you know, move this file over here and send this for transcription and you know, run this in through Audacity and give it a cleanup on a phonic or whatever it is. You know, you've kind of figured out the, the 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 system to do it, but I think for people like me, you know, I'm a tech guy, but I'm not a geek. So what mm. I don't do is I don't dig that deeply into a lot of that stuff, and I find that when I do, I don't really know what I'm doing. Like I, I go to Mac shortcuts, and I am lost. <laughs> I'm like, right, okay, I, I I feel like I've got an IKEA flat pack unit in front of me, and I'm trying to work out why there's a pointy thing and why there's a, a bit of wood, and neither of the two of them seem to make any connection with each other. And I'm sitting there going, what do I do? And all I want to do is build whatever the hell this thing is. The best tip I can give anyone is something that someone just offhandedly told me, and I, it has stuck with me forever. Start with the end result and work backwards. A lot of times we try to start from where we are right now and work to the end result, mm. and things uh, I get distracted or things don't work. So I'm like, you know, this isn't working right for me. So uh, I start with where do I want my files to end up at? And then I work backwards. Well, where are those files initially? Now, how do I put that together? And that's going back to what you brought up a a way that you know could be employment like uh, you're not you may not go set up a hazel rule but why why couldn't you pay someone to go set up those hazel rules for you and then send that to you and that's just a different type of working using ai or some of these other tools that are available well i was going to say let's get a person in uh, and actually i think you're right i think that's the answer and maybe this is what you know this is maybe what satya is talking about you know this is where the jobs come from of the future because actually, that's the point. You know, not everybody will understand all this, will understand how to use it, but absolutely can see the benefits of using it. Mm-hmm. It's just that they don't know how to get from A to B. And if you're in that position where you don't know how to get from A to B, can I just get somebody else to do it? Yes. Now, I know that there are people who will say, well, you should try and figure this out for yourself. But actually, you know what? I've got a busy life. You know, I've, yeah. got, I've got cookies to eat. I've got things to do. <laughs> Um, you know, I've got, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff on Netflix I haven't seen yet. You know, there's things I want to do with my life, and it's not all involving, you know, coding on a computer. So it'd be kind of cool to get somebody in to to do that. So maybe they, there you go. That's it. I, yeah, I think just, you, just different get type those of invoices job. out. That's what I say. Not to there me, but to other people. Yes. Um, yes. Excellent idea. Uh, I am Scottish. I pay for nothing. You know that, right? <laughs> I pay people in whiskey. That's usually how it works. Um, there you go. If that works for you, then there we go. Um, it's, it's okay, whiskey. I mean, it's, it's scotch, you know, it'll do. Um, now, listen, I want to bring into this point uh, Sinan Aral. This is the author of The Hype Machine, How Social Media Disrupts Our Elections, Our Economy, and Our Health, and How We Must Adapt. Uh, that's uh, definitely not a short uh, book title. That's pretty much the whole first chapter, I think. But... Um, <laughs> That's the name of the book. He's written it. And he was talking to Yahoo News about this announcement. And I wanted to play this in because this takes us in an interesting direction here in this conversation. He says that Microsoft 
is certainly up and running now with the technology that they have developed. A billion to start, 10 billion to follow on in the investment. And uh, as we have seen recently, uh, it has Google shook a little bit, uh, calling a uh, code red, calling big names back to the company to talk about it, to think about strategy. And there's a good reason for that. ChatGPT is potentially an existential threat to Google's business because Google relies 60% of its revenue on search and ChatGPT offers an alternative to search, which is a one-stop question answering shop powered by AI. Microsoft has been struggling to compete on search with Bing, although they've been doing better over the years, but this could change the game of search entirely, which is core to Google's business. So do you think it's fair to say that Google has become a little bit complacent over the years when it came to Google search and that they just didn't really see anyone out there competing? Um, yes and no. Maybe they're looking at a different way because one thing that, that was popular with Google a couple of years ago, and I have not heard a lot about it, was remember uh, Google I.O., how they showed how you can use Google Assistant to call and book you a reservation at a restaurant? Yeah, that's right. Um, that, that, I think, if Google played on that a little more, could help them uh, a lot. Or now you can have your Pixel phone wait on hold for you so uh, you don't have to worry about that. Um, so w- they have become complacent, but I think also Google's been Google's been concerned about if we release something that has all this data on people. Right now, we're getting a lot of flack, at least here in the U.S., about you know how much data we're capturing on people and how much data we have on people. What are people going to say when you can just type in there, you know, what did I have for my 17th birthday 20 years ago or whatever, uh, and, and Google can spit that information out to you and, and give that to you. So, It'll be interesting to see what the bigwigs and, and people who are more data conscious than what I am will say when Google starts releasing stuff. And are they going to be fair to Google um, and open AI at the same time? So the way you're talking, it sounds to me that Microsoft and Bing are going to be champions of what's out there, whereas Google is going to be able to champion you. And your yeah. life, because it essentially it has, as because we've all been Googling for so long and because we have accounts connected to these, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Google servers and everything else, and it's all connected really, you know, it has all this data on you. Is that the difference between Google and Microsoft in this case? That Does Microsoft have the same amount of data? I mean, it must have, have I, an amount. I would assume it has an amount, maybe not the same amount of data, because I think about, like, I I don't know if you've played with it or not, but Google has these smart replies that you can use in Gmail that, you know, if someone sends you an email, it's a two to four word reply real quick that you can just tap on and then expand on. I'm sitting there thinking if Google could go back and look at the current Gmail account that I'm using has data from 2014, all the emails that I have sent and received since 2014, if Google could process that, Google could almost just reply to all my emails in the same tone that I would reply to those emails and me not have to do anything. And that's the thing you were picking up on earlier with ChatGPT, right? That the tone is important because when you're talking to someone like your colleague who said to you, hey, we know each other and yet that email seemed a little formal, Yep. Uh, you wouldn't have that problem if the system is able to identify you clearly know this person, this is someone who you have maybe a, a bit of a laugh with, have a good relationship mm-hmm. with, a good rapport with, and that tone comes through the emails. So it, it does seem that Google could win this back if it plays this properly. I think a lot of people, though, I, I certainly am one of these people. I fear Google sometimes because what they tend to do is they get a great idea in their heads and then poof, it's gone. They just get rid of it. Yep. Stone dead, killed. And that's and you think, well, bro, oh, it's Google Stadia. Wow, that sounds amazing. Oh, it's dead. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, moving on. There's, uh, and, there's a whole website killed by Google. Uh, yeah. It's dedicated to things that have been dead by Google. I think yes. if Apple plays it right, uh, Apple could be the the solution that gives you those personal on-device uh, uh, results using a chat GPT-like model because, you know, we, we haven't heard anything about Apple being involved in this. And uh, after listening to your show on Saturday regarding Siri shortcuts, I went and bought a couple of HomePod minis because I'm like, what can I use these HomePod minis for? Hang on, with hang the on. Data are you, are you listening has? to this, Apple? Are you hearing this? I'm getting you sales. <laughs> just saying. Hashtag Except I'm buying them saying. third party. So, I mean, technically, Apple didn't get any sales. Don't tell them that. We'll edit that out. <laughs> Well, actually, but you know what Apple, I mean? Like Apple it has, has all your personal data. Yeah, well, but Apple have been kind of talking on this as well. So I don't know if you saw this story, 
Um, but this was quite interesting. So Mike Rumors reporting this. Uh, this is not uh, a public event, but they are going to be holding an in-person annual AI summit for employees oh. at the stage, uh, the Steve Jobs Theatre. Now, apparently this is going to be happening next week. Now, when did this card? Yes, this article was published today. So oh. this is going to be uh, next week. Uh, at the Steve Jobs Theatre. It's the first fully live in-person event. A lot of people focusing on that. Uh, That's the first big event happening at the company's Apple Park headquarters post-COVID. But this one is purely for employees only, uh, Mm -hmm. so it's not going to be live-streamed at all. As well as inviting staff, the in-person summit will also be live-streamed to employees unable to attend. Uh, Let's hope someone's recording it. Um, The (laughs) last fully live... Oh, never mind. I'm not caring about that. Um... But what does it say? Yeah, Apple invited a limited number of developers to attend a WWDC 20. Oh, that's all something else. But yeah, the point is that this is an event, and it says it comes at a time when the tech industry excitement surrounding Microsoft's ChatGPT and Google's recent announcement as well with its own Lambda-powered AI chatbot called Bard is uh, really, it's, it's all hotting up. And essentially this is maybe Apple's dipping the toe into, although I don't think it's dipping the toe. I'm sure it's been doing this for a while. <laughs> Um, but it, it maybe this is the time they're going to discuss it because we know, or at least, <laughs> please, please, this year we'll get, uh, does, uh, you know, I'll, I can finally turn around and say Apple glasses here. Please, can it happen? Because <laughs> I think everyone's sick of me talking about it. But um, this is going to be something that they're involved in. Although it does seem, uh, looking at Siri, right, and just looking at Siri mm-hmm. and its capabilities and how not terrible, I don't like to use the word terrible, I think she's just not as... Uh, um, how can I say, streetwise or worldly knowledgeable, whatever you want to say, right? Because it's mm-hmm. not been trained in that way. It's not been built in that way. It's, it's different. Uh, and privacy is at the heart of what Apple does. Yes. How is it going to marry all of that, you know, privacy? And, and it, it, it's a real bedrock of what Apple's about with essentially opening up to something that is either public uh, as an open source like OpenAI or something that is going to essentially consume Lots of public data. I don't know maybe, how you marry that. Maybe that's the true iPhone Ultra. Maybe you have to have that Ultra to have that manpower or that that processing power in order to keep everything on device and still give the results that people want. So we'll see later this year. It's going to be interesting. This year, I mean, I said at the beginning of the year, um, perhaps naively, uh, certainly in my case, but, you know, I certainly remember saying at the beginning of the year, this is the year for AI to really take off. And not necessarily even in device form, although mm-hmm. I think devices will come from this. But I think our smartphones, our devices that we own, will will really be the powerhouses here. They already are. And they collect so much data about us. And they're certainly capable of doing all of this. Um, but it's, a, it's just such a really interesting time. This, this particular year is going to be, a, this is a real milestone. This is it a is. pivot point where we're, we're going to look back on, on 2022, or where are we, 2023? <laughs> That's the one. Um, we're going to look back at this year. I'll remember it. I will remember it so I'll say that year, that, whatever year that was, it was the most important year. But it is. It's going to be a really important year. It's going to be a really important marker because this is the time when we're starting to see that shift away from what will be seen as the old approach to search, which, you know, for many of us for a long time was the only way to search. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I searched for a, a, a cake recipe f- to make, a, you know, apple strudel, and I got 70 billion results, as opposed to, here we are, there's the answer. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the only thing that's not doing is reaching out, you know, grabbing your mixing bowl and making it for you. It would be nice if it asked you follow-up questions. What ingredients do you have? Uh, one time I threw in some ingredients I had in the fridge with ChatGPT. It said, I have a side of rice. What can I make with this? And it gave me a not-too-horrible recipe that I was able to follow easily and uh, use some some food that needed to be used in the refrigerator. And when I can just quickly search that by either speaking to the air with one of these uh, voice-activated assistants or typing in a search result, I, th- I think it's going to revolutionize the experience both te- textually and audibly as well. We're not really touching on the big story here, which a lot of tech journalists are focusing on, and that is the upcoming war between Google and Microsoft on this, and and possibly Apple will chuck their hat in the ring as well, you know, and have a square go. I, I don't know, but you know, it, it, I I'm not, I'm quite excited by that because I think this is going to be a really interesting time. It's going to hot up the competition. It's going to change things up. It's going to make technology more interesting. I just hope it's accessible. I hope all of the options are accessible. I'm kind of 
I I'm going to give a bit of leeway on this because I think if, if Apple are involved in any way, of course it will be accessible. I would immediately assume that. Um, and Microsoft these days, especially Google. Mm, yeah. Okay. Let's say yes. Yeah, right. Let's yeah. just say it will be. Yeah. I, I think that the big tech companies, I feel confident enough to know that, you know, the website they're going to build for this is going to work for us. Like immediately I'm thinking about that chat and compose feature in yeah. Edge and thinking, okay, so that's a sidebar. So how's that going to work with, right. you know, and how's that going to link in with, you know, I'm just imagining me, you know, jumping around like a clown in a minefield <laughs> around, you know, on this Edge browser with my screen reader trying to figure out where I am. That's That's the bit that worries me. Yeah, I was astounded with how accessible ChatGPT was by default. Yeah, there's some unlabeled buttons. And don't yeah. get me wrong, it would be nice if they were all labeled. But then, for example, in, in, in a similar vein, I went to Eleven Labs the other day and was playing with their voice. And you know what? That whole interface is is it looks very accessible to me like yeah and maybe that just comes down from guidelines of building things on some of the infrastructure that's available now that naturally it's just going to be accessible unless you purposely try to break it i know you sent me a message following up on uh one of our listeners concerns around the blind show classic we're going to play that in uh, on tomorrow's show and uh that subject about which we haven't really a chance to get into today around not just artificial intelligence in terms of search, but the capability it has to replicate our voice. Um, I mean, what was the one I saw the other day? Take images and turn them into moving pictures as in video. <laughs> I saw someone had <laughs> uploaded six. In this particular example, there were six pictures of a teddy bear. And the teddy bear in one, video, in one picture was just lying down. The next one, it was sitting up. The next one, it was standing. Mm -hmm. And they had just taken the six pictures of this teddy bear in various poses. And then it turned it into a video where the teddy bear was walking around. I mean, it's just mind-blowing how how this technology is moving. It is it's, where it's going. It sure makes me second-guess what is reality anymore. Well, that's the next big question, yeah. I mean, I've been, ask, I've been asking myself that for some time, but now I really am concerned. Um, however, uh, the, the, the concerns are for another day. I'm excited about the technology. Google are about to unveil, maybe even by now, will have unveiled their equivalent uh, which is called Bard, and uh, the CEO calls it uh, an experimental conversational AI service, but noted that it was still being tested by a small group of testers and will only receive a wider launch in the coming weeks. We'll bring you all the news on that. Michael, please come back soon. It's been really good geeking out with you today. Thanks a lot. That's it for today. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. 1-877-803-4567 is the listener line number. Get in touch. Tell us your thoughts. Catch you again tomorrow. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.